Hello, welcome back to The Wire Podcast. I am your host, Ryan McCreary, and today I am back to talking about my NFL draft model. This episode is part two in my two-part series where I uh, break down my NFL draft model. About two episodes ago, I looked at all of the offensive players and my database, um, and today I'm going to be looking at all of the defensive players in my database, and I'm going to be looking, uh, breaking down what my model thinks about all of the defensive prospects going back to the 2014 NFL Draft. Um, so I'm really excited about that. There are a couple of things that I didn't talk about in the first episode that I'm going to talk about today, and I want to dive into the model a little bit more in this episode. As I was thinking about this episode, there were a few things that I left out of the first episode that I want to mention today. Um, But in this episode, I'm going to be doing basically the same thing I did in the first part of this series. Um, I'm going to be going through um, each defensive position, like interior defensive line, edge rushers, linebackers, quarterbacks, and safeties. Talk about what matters for each position um, and talk about the strengths and weaknesses of my model uh, with each of these positions because with each position, the model is stronger with some uh, more than others. So I want to talk about why that is and just overall talk about why I like my model and something and some issues that I have with it and some of its weaknesses. But let's go ahead and dive into it, starting off with the interior defensive line. Um, and here are the metrics that are included uh, for the interior defensive line. And honestly, the metrics that are included for all the defensive positions are all the same. Uh, we have DSRS, which is basically a stat that measures how good a player's defense was during their final collegiate season. I also have uh, what draft pick they were, their draft age, um, solo tackles per game, tackles per game, tackle, tackles for loss per game, sacks per game, passes defended per game, force and force fumbles per game. And I have these per game stats for their final season as well as their career, um, which is nice. And there are a couple of metrics that aren't included in the model, but I have here like backfield disruption, which is basically just tackles for loss per game plus uh, sacks per game. And then I have total disruption, which are all these uh, per-game stats added together uh, just to kind of look at um, each player's uh, production as a whole. Um, And and those two metrics are important. Uh, The reason they're not included in the model is because I want to avoid double counting. Um, So that's why I did not include them there. Uh, But they are uh, valuable and and important to look at. They're just not included in my model. Um, so the model doesn't double count things. So that's the reason why they're not included. I also have combine metrics um, like BMI, height, weight, hand size, arm length, 40-yard dash, bench press, vertical leap, broad jump, sh- uh, the 20-yard shuttle, the three-cone. And then I have some um, some other athletic metrics that are not included in the model because uh, I don't want to uh, double count things. And that size score, which is basically... Height, uh, weight, um, hand size, arm length, all combined into one number. Uh, then I have a strength score, which is basically a weight-adjusted bench press. Um, and then I have height-adjusted speed score, uh, which takes each uh, prospect's 40-yard dash time and adjusts it for height and weight, which is really good. And this is very important to look at, especially for defenders. 
I'm going to have an explosion score, which is ver the vertical leap and the broad jump added together. And then th this metric uh, puts both of those metrics on the same scale. So it multiplies. Um, it, 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 there's some other math included that puts both of those metrics um, that like kind of regularizes them together and puts them on the same scale. And then we have agility score, which is the 20-yard shuttle and the three-cone uh, combined, added together. And then we have RAS, or Relative Athletic Score, which is a, a metric cr created by Cantley Platt uh, from MathBomb on Twitter. And uh, Relative Athletic Score is a, a single number which puts together every prospect's um, combine slash pro day measurements, puts them into one number on a scale of 0 to 10, um, and this allows us to compare players' athleticism across eras, um, and that's really good. Um, once again, these metrics that I just talked about, size score, strength score, height-adjusted speed score, explosion score, agility score, and RAS are not included in the model, but these are stats or metrics that I like to look at, and they are valuable. I just don't include them in the model due to uh, not, not wanting uh, my model to be skewed by double counting. Um, and I know I didn't talk about all the metrics that were involved um, for the offensive positions. Like I didn't go and do a deep dive on the per game stats. I just said that they included final season and career per game stats. Um, so today I wanted to get more specific with what data was included in this model. Um, so now that I've done all, gotten all that out of the way, let's go ahead and look at the results of my model. And like I did with the first with the uh, first part of this series, the model uh, results that I'm talking about today are my draft capital model. So this model is based off uh, draft capital, draft age, and then all of the production and the combine measurements. Um, so it includes all of that and uses all of that information to try to predict a player's approximate value during the first four seasons of their career. And approximate value is a metric that gives each individual NFL season a number value, and this allows us to compare players across eras. It's not perfect, but it is a decent metric, um, and it's one of the only publicly available metrics that allows us to create a model like this. Um, so that's why I use it. And I use the first four uh, seasons of a player's career because that is the length of a rookie contract. Now, I know that first year uh, or sorry, first round picks get a fifth year option, but not every prospect does. If you're drafted outside of the first round, you don't get a fifth year option. And that's why I use the first four seasons of a player's career. Um, and I also use this because uh, all of these prospects, you know, they play that like, generally a prospect is going to play four years and this is really it's really easy to get this kind of data i think it would be better if i use like um each player's three-year peak approximate value but getting those numbers would be really difficult for me personally because uh, i don't know how to code so it was, it was just easiest to be to do it this way and i mentioned this in, in the first part of this series if you look at um uh, other people's stat mo NFL draft stat models, um, most of them do do things this way, um, especially in the fantasy community. They'll look at how all of this information correlates to um, the first four years in terms of like their fantasy points per game. I'm just doing that same thing with approximate value. All right, 
Finally, we can get into the model and the results of it. Starting off with interior defensive line, let's get started. So, according to my model, here are some of the top interior defensive line prospects going back to the 2014 draft. And at number one, we have Quentin Williams, who was an elite prospect in college. He was so good at Alabama, um, had elite production, freakish athleticism. He was a top three pick. He was 21 coming out. It's clear to see why the model likes him so much. He was a beast in college, um, and he deserves that top spot. Then at number two, we have Vita Vea, and there are two players who, who, who are tied um, at second place. We got Vita Vea and Derek Brown. Both of those guys were really strong prospects coming out. Both of them were top 15 picks, uh, both uh, super productive, um, and they were both really good athletes. Derek Brown actually didn't have a great combine. Um, his RAS was less than six. It was around average, but he was super productive, had good size, and a really strong uh, production profile, and he was a top 10 pick. So that's why he is in the top three here. And then at number four, we have Jordan Davis, who was a top 15 pick, uh, 22 years old coming out, a freak athlete, didn't have the best production, but um, he was a freak athlete, played in an elite defense in college, and this model cares about how good um, a interior defensive lineman's defense was. That actually matters a decent amount for this model, um, and we see that Jordan Davis was um, really good for one of the best defenses in college football history. And that matters. That's why he ranks so high. Um, so shout out to Jordan Davis, freak athlete, top pick in the draft in 2022. And he was um, 22 years old coming out, leading him to be um, in the top five in my model. And then at number five, we have Ed, Ed Oliver, who was a freak athlete with hyper elite production coming out. And he was a top 10 pick. And he was just 21 years old coming out. I think the reason why he isn't higher in my model is because he played for a really crappy defense in college. Houston had a DSRS of negative 9.64, which is really, really bad. That was one of the worst uh, DSRSs um, in the country during his final season. That's why he's just at 5 and not closer to number 1. Um, but still, a really good prospect in my model's eyes. Um, and if you watch them coming out, this makes a lot of sense. Ed Oliver was a beast coming out of Houston. Alright, let's go ahead and kind of go through the rest of these quickly. At number 6, we have Danny Shelton. At number 7, we have Dexter Lawrence. At number 8, we have Christian Wilkins. At number 9, we have Aaron Donald. At number 10, Sheldon Rankins. At number 11, Darren Payne, or Deron Payne. At number 12, Arik Armstead. Number, thir number 13, Jeffrey, uh, Jeffrey Simmons. Number 14, Javon Kinlaw. And number 15, Devontae Wyatt. So those are the top 15 interior defensive line prospects going back to the 2014 NFL Draft, according to my model. Alright, now let's go over to the bottom and see who my model sees as some of the worst um, interior defensive line prospects over the last couple of years. At the bottom, we have... Um, Adetokounmpo, Ojuneji from Notre Dame, uh, John Ridgeway from Arkansas, Matthew Butler, Tennessee, Devon uh, Gochow from LSU, Bryderick Washington Jr. from Texas Tech, uh, Ularo Murchison from North Carolina State, um, Esezi Otomiwo from Minnesota, and DJ Reader from Clemson. Um, 
there were a few misses here at the bottom, like uh, Devon Godchow and um, DJ Reader. Both of those guys have had pretty solid starts to their careers, um, and they were at the bottom according to my model. So, so those were a few misses. But looking at the top of my model, um, there were a lot of hits here. Like Quentin Williams being at the top makes a lot of sense. Um, I know Aaron Donald is a little bit low here at number nine, but the model still liked him a lot, and he was only the 13th pick in his draft. So I think it's great that the model has him as a top 10 interior defensive line prospect over the last 10 drafts. I think that's really good. My model also hit on Dexter Lawrence. It liked him a lot. It also liked that Oliver, who's had a pretty good start to his career. It loved Vita Vea. Um, it also liked Jeffrey Simmons and Sheldon Rankins. Um, it liked Christian Wilkins, which is great. It, it liked Kenny Clark, who comes in at 16. Um, it, there are some misses here at the top, like Robert Kimdichie, uh, Kim who was at 18. Um, and then like uh, Dominic Easley, Vernon Butler, Rashid Hageman, Malik McDowell. But overall... A very solid model, and I think the results are pretty good. I'll go ahead and talk about what matters for the for my model for my interior defensive line model. I'll look at I'll pull up the numbers real quick. So for this position specifically, what matters most is like the draft pick, so draft capital, draft age, uh, solo tackles per game during their final season, tackles for loss per game during their final season, uh, forced fumbles per game during their final season, and then. Solo tackles per game during their final season matters. Tackles per game for their career. And I meant, well, a second ago, when I said solo tackles per game uh, during their final season, I meant solo tackles per game during their career. Um, and career production across the board matters a lot. Um, and then athleticism. For athleticism, what matters is 40-yard dash. That matters a little bit. Um, size, length, hand size, arm length matters. Um... Broad jump, bench press matters, vertical leap matters a little bit. Um, agility drills matter a lot for defensive, for interior defensive linemen. Um, and I misread the data. My model actually likes smaller uh, interior defensive linemen, like guys who are shorter and have uh, a little bit less length. Um, but it does care about weight. So that matters a little bit. And it, it cares about BMI a little bit, but not a ton. Um, so it looks like for interior defensive linemen, production matters a lot. Another thing that matters a lot for my model for interior defensive linemen is DSRS. The correlation to approximate value is really strong there. Um, and I think, I don't know for sure, but I believe that that metric matters more for interior defensive linemen than any other position, which is very interesting. But yeah, that's well, my model for interior defensive linemen. Now we can move on to edge rushers. And now we can look at the uh, results of my edge rusher model. So let's go ahead and dive in. Alright, um, so here are the top edge rushers uh, according to my NFL draft model going back to the 2014 draft. At number one, we have Miles Garrett. Which makes a ton of sense. Miles Garrett was super productive in college. Um, he was a freak athlete coming out. Uh, had an RAS of 9.99. That's really great. He was the number one overall pick in 2017. He was super young coming out. Um, so it makes sense why he's at the top spot. Um, that makes a lot of sense. And then at number two, we have Jadavion Clowney, 
who is another guy who was super good, um, was the number one overall pick in 2014. Um, he was young coming out, um, not as productive as Miles, as Miles Garrett, but he was another guy who was a freak athlete, had an RES of 9.7 coming out. Um, he's really good, freak athlete with, I, I believe he had solid career production, I'm looking, um, yeah, like, he had really good career production, um, and I think that's a big reason why he's up here at the top of my model, um, and he's actually had a, a pretty underrated start to his career, um, during the first four years of his career, he had an approximate value of 30, and I didn't mention this for Miles Garrett, but Miles Garrett, during the first four years of his career, had an approximate value of 38, so that's cool. Then we have a weird selection here at number three. At number three, we have Trayvon Walker, um, who I did not love coming out. He was just not very productive at all at Georgia, um, and the advanced stats were really bad. I know I don't have advanced PFF metrics in this model, but I do know what um, his advanced metrics were from PFF, and they weren't very good, but he was the number one overall pick in the draft. He was young coming out, and he was a freak athlete, and he played on one of the best defenses in the entire country, and really one of the best defenses of all time, um, so I get why the model loves him. I'm kind of surprised it likes it, it likes him as much as it does, but there are reasons to like him. Um, he got a lot of, he got great draft capital, he was young coming out, and he is one of the best athletes we've ever seen at the edge rusher positions. So, there are some reasons to like him, but the production just honestly wasn't great. And, and I'll, um, I'll kind of bring this point up again, which I brought up in the first part of the series. My model should not be taken as gospel. Um, and this is just a tool, and I wouldn't take the results of my draft capital model at face value. I would look at all the data involved in here, and I would watch these players play. Um, so although I think this is a valuable tool, I think you have to look at um, all the individual data points, and I think you have to look at other uh, other data points. Like advanced PFF numbers are super useful to look at. I think it's important to watch these guys, watch the film, um, and then you'll get a more complete picture uh, uh, of these prospects and how good they are. Uh, so I wanted to reiterate that. Now let's get back into the results. At number four, we have Khalil Mack. Um, it's easy to see why he's up here. He was in top five, pick, a top five pick coming out. He was an older prospect, and Buffalo was really bad on defense during his final season. But he was super productive and a freak athlete, and he was just a really good football player coming out. Um, and the fact that he was super productive and a great athlete and a high draft pick is why he ranks so high in my model. And of course, he he was a a hit from my model. During the first four years of his career, he had an approximate value of 49, so he had a really strong start to his career. Now, moving on at number five, we have Solomon Thomas, um, who wasn't a flop, he wasn't a bust, but he did not have a great start to his career, and my model liked him a lot, mainly because he was a top three pick, um, he was 22 coming out, and um, he was a really good athlete, um, but he, he didn't he didn't turn into a star at the next level. Um, so this is somewhat of a miss by my model, but he was not a bust. All right, let's go ahead and run through the rest of my uh, edge rusher model real quick. At number six, we have Bradley Chubb. 
Uh, sorry, Bradley Chubb. Number seven, we have Joey Bosa. Number eight, DeForest Buckner. Number nine, Aiden Hutchinson. Number 10, Nick Bosa. Number 11, Vic Beasley. Number 12, Leonard Williams. Number 13, Chase Young. Number 14, Bud Dupree. And number 15, Kayvon Thibodeau. And then, at the bottom, we have guys like Devon Kennard, Marquise Bruill, Bradley Anai, Michael Dana, DJ Alexander, Dalen Haynes, Ernest Brown IV, and Kingsley Nagbear. And um, there were a, a ton of misses at the bottom of my model. Uh, Devon Kennard did have a solid start to his career, uh, gaining or putting up uh, an approximate value of 16 uh, during his first four seasons. Um, but other than that, there are a lot of misses at the bottom of my model. So I think the results of my model are pretty good. And I'll go, go ahead and look at the model inputs uh, to see what what metrics matter the most according to my edge rusher model. And it, here they are. So what's most important is draft capital. Um, and, and that makes sense. That's the most important metric for every single prospect. Uh, draft capital um, has the highest correlation to approximate value. And that makes sense. You know, the higher you are, the higher you're drafted, the more likely you are to be good. Um, generally, obviously, that's not always the case, but in general, that's a good rule to follow. And then draft age matters a lot. DSR, DSRS actually has a negative correlation, which is interesting. Um, and then final season um, production is somewhat important, but career production across the board is way more important for edge rushers. That's something that's a lot different than for interior defensive line prospects. Uh, so that's really cool. And then for athletic testing, things that matter a lot are height, weight, hand size. Hand size actually matters a ton for edge rusher prospects. I'm not really sure why, but it's just for whatever reason that's the case. Arm length matters a good bit. Bench press matters a good bit. And then vertical leap and broad jump matter a lot. Both correlate heavily uh, to approximate value. And then the 20-yard shuttle and the three-cone matter a decent, a decent amount. Um, so if you're looking at edge prospects, you want to look at their career production, um, their age, their uh, explosiveness, like their vertical leap, their broad jump, their agility drills, how big their hands are, and how long they are. Um, and then just overall, how big they are. Because the bigger an edge rusher is, the more likely they are to be successful at the next level, according to my model. Alright, now let's go ahead and move on to the linebackers. Let me get a drink real quick so my throat doesn't dry up on me. Now let's see the results of my linebacker model. So at number one, we have Isaiah Simmons. Um, and I'm pretty sure that my... We'll get into the numbers in a little bit. Like the uh, my model, my linebacker model inputs. I'm pretty sure that for linebackers... Um, like uh, coverage production, like passes defended, interceptions, and then um, combine drills that correlate to to being good in coverage, like agility drills and speed. I think those matter a lot, um, and that will make sense when you look at all the guys who rank highly in my linebacker model. At number one, we have Isaiah Simmons, who was a top 10 pick, a free Catholic coming out, um, and he was pretty productive in college, especially in coverage. Um, his, his, you know, passes defended per game during his final season was ridiculous. It's 97th percentile, which is really good. Um, and for his career, um, his passes defended per game, 
uh, ranks in the 97th percentile. He was also an elite athlete sporting an RAS of 9.97, which is really, really good. That's nice to see. Then at number two, we have Devin White, who was a top five pick coming out. Super young at 21 years old. Played for a solid defense in college. Another guy who was pretty productive coming out. Um, and was also a freak athlete, sporting an RES of 9.32. Then at number three, we have Roquan Smith out of Georgia, another top 10 pick, a y- younger prospect coming out at 21 years old, someone um, who was um, pretty pre- uh, fairly productive in terms of like solo tackles per game, total tackles per game, um, and sacks per game. Not as productive in coverage um, during his final season um, and his career, um, but he was another guy who was a really strong athlete, sporting an RES of 8.58. So a pretty good prospect all around. Then at number four, we have Devin Bush Jr., who was, who was a guy who was really good coming out, um, was a top 10 pick. Hasn't exactly panned out in the NFL. Um, I don't think he's been terrible, but um, he just hasn't turned into a superstar, um, which is a little disappointing for a guy who was a top 10 pick. But... Um, he was a good prospect coming out. He was a strong athlete, sporting an RAS of 9.32. Um, and he was fairly productive um, in college, especially in coverage um, and, and, and in terms of like sacks, which is cool. Um, but I think draft capital was doing a little bit of, a little bit of heavy lifting here, making up for um, some areas, some holes in his production. Didn't have a lot of solo tackles per game. Um, during his college career, uh, but still a really good athlete, and he was productive in terms of his passes defended, and he was young and played for a pretty good defense coming out, so that's always good. And then at number five, we have Micah Parsons, a guy who was drafted just outside the top 10, um, but he was uh, pretty productive coming out in terms of like uh, sacks per game, um, and like uh, tackles per game and, t- and solo tackles per game. So that's why he ranks high, according to my model. But he was also a freak athlete, had an RES of 9.59. Um, I'm kind of surprised he's so high in my, according, uh, in my model results because he wasn't really a coverage linebacker in college. He was more of a run stopper and a pass rusher. But my model liked him a lot, and he has been extremely good to start out his NFL career. So... It's nice to see that my model liked him. Now we'll go through the rest of the model results really quickly. At number six, we have CJ Mosley. At number seven, we have Ryan Shazier. At number eight, Jameen Davis. At number nine, Hassan Reddick. Number 10, Anthony Barr. Number 11, Tremaine Edmonds. Number two, number 12, Gerard Davis. Number 13, Zavin Collins. Number 14, Kenneth Walker. And number 15, or sorry, number 14, Kenneth Murray, and number 15, Quay Walker. Um, solid res- solid results, res- sorry, I cannot talk. Solid results at the top, not a ton of misses. Um, Hassan Reddick only had an approximate value of 15 during the first four seasons of his career, but um, over the last couple of years, he's been playing really, really well, so I'll say that's a hit. Um, he's been pretty good. Over the last couple of years, he's been one of the better pass rushers in the entire league. So shout out to him. Now we'll scroll to the bottom of my model and see who my model views as some of the weaker prospects um, at the linebacker position in the last couple of years. Let me get another drink real quick. Alright, let's get back into it. 
So at the bottom of my model, we have Yuki Aligwe, um, Cameron McGrone, Justin um, Stranad, Stranad, I'll go Stranad, KJ Britt, Kamal Martin, Jonathan Newsom, DeAndre Walker, Damone Clark, David Mayo, and Ronald Powell. Um, not a lot of misses at the bottom uh, of my model, which is good to see. Um, there were some guys and didn't hit on, like, Anthony Walker and Cole Holcomb. Uh, but other than that, there aren't too many misses at the bottom. Most of the time, the model is right with these guys at the bottom. Matt Milano is another guy my model didn't love, and, he, and he's been pretty good in the NFL. Um, but overall, I think the results of my linebacker model are pretty good. And now we can move on to the cornerback position. So let's go over here, um, and let's see what the results of my cornerback model are. So at number one, we have, and this is probably a surprise, at number one we have Denzel Ward. Um, and I think a big reason why he has the top spot in my cornerback model is he was a top five draft pick. Um, he was super young coming out, 21 years old, and... Um, he was a freak athlete, had an RES of 9.69, um, and he was super productive in terms of passes defended per game. Um, and you'll see with cornerbacks, things that matter a lot for them are like speed, size, um, coverage production, um, dra draft capital, age, stuff like that. That matters a lot. Um, and Denzel Ward is really strong in a lot of those areas, and that's why he ranks so highly in my model. And um, he's been pretty good to start out his career. I don't think he's been amazing or anything. He's not been like a superstar, but he's been pretty good. Um, so shout out to my model for liking him. At number two, we have probably the best cornerback prospect to come out in recent memory, and that's Jalen Ramsey. My, mod my model likes him a lot. He was a top five pick coming out, 21 years old. When he was drafted, um, a super strong athlete, really productive all around. Didn't have the best production um, in terms of like his passes defended per game or his interceptions per game. He wasn't weak in those areas, just wasn't elite. Um, but he had, he had really strong production in terms of like solo tackles, total tackles, tackles for loss, and sacks. Um, and he was a great athlete, and he was a high draft pick. And that's why the model likes him so much. And then at number three, we have Jeff Akuda, who was an awesome prospect coming out. He was a top three pick. Um, a, a really great athlete. Another guy um, who, he didn't, he actually didn't have a great production, um, but he was a strong athlete and he was a high draft pick. And if you watched him play coming out, you knew that Jeff Akuda was a good player. Unfortunately, he hasn't had the best start to his career. Um, so he hasn't really hit, uh, but still, he was a very good prospect, and I remember watching him coming out, I loved him so much, um, so it was cool to see that the model liked him as well. At number four, we have Marshawn Lattimore, a guy who was an awesome prospect coming out, uh, he was a really good player, super high draft pick, um, drafted in the, let me go, let me scroll back up and look, he was a top 15 pick, drafted just out, just outside the top 10 at number 11. Uh, but he was a young player coming out. And I, yeah, he was a super strong athlete, had an RES of 9.99 coming out. Um, and he was, I'm looking at his production. 
he's another guy who wasn't um, super productive. Um, his career production was solid. Uh, not elite, but uh, pretty good. Um, and he was a great athlete. And he was a high draft pick. And he was young. And he played for a very strong defense in college. All of those are reasons why my model likes him so much. Now we're getting into a lot of prospects who, who were drafted um, in the last couple of years. And that's at, and starting at number five, we have J.C. Horn. I loved him coming out. He was a top 10 pick, 21 years old, um, a freak athlete, had an RAS of 9.99, an um, elite athlete, played for a pretty crappy defense in college, but um, he had solid production. His career production was pretty good. Um, and he was an elite athlete, and he was big, a big corner who was very physical, so it makes sense why, um, he ranked so highly, um, and then we got, um, at, and there were a couple guys who were tied, uh, around here, um, there were two prospects who were tied with J.C. Horn, um, in their, pro, in their, in my model, and that was Patrick Sertain, uh, the second, and Sauce Gardner, and then, um, I'll go through the rest of the results here pretty quickly, at number, at number seven, we got South Gardner. Number eight, Derek Stingley Jr. Number nine, Vernon Hargreaves in the third. Number 10, CJ Henderson. Number 11, Kyle Fuller. Number 12, Justin Gilbert. Big miss. Like, big, big miss there. Number 13, Eli Apple. Number 14, AJ Terrell. And number 15, Byron Jones. And then, just outside the top 15, we have a really good player um, in Marlon Humphrey. And now I'll scroll to the I'll scroll to the bottom and see uh, who my model thinks are some of the worst cornerback prospects. We have Avery Williams, Diamandore uh, Lenore, Trey Caldwell, Brian Allen, Shamar Jean Charles, Samuel Womack, Darius Phillips, Jason Pinock, Lorenzo Dawes, and Damian Swan. Um, not a lot of misses at the bottom of the model, which is really nice to see. There is one big miss. This guy is a rookie, or was a rookie this past season, and that was Tariq Wollin. My model missed on him. Um, but other than that, there aren't a lot of misses uh, in my model, which is great to see. Uh, or, and I, and I, when I say there aren't, aren't a lot of misses, I mean more specifically at the bottom. At the top, there are some misses uh, for sure. But overall, the results of my quarterback model are not bad. Um, I thought they would be worse because there just isn't a lot of data um, that's useful when it comes to defensive back prospects. Um, like past past defended and interceptions are not the best way to measure coverage ability. Um, but I think the model um, does a pretty solid job. So that's good to see. Now let's look at the uh, cornerback model inputs to see what metrics matter the most. Um, like with all the other positions, uh, draft capital matters a lot, draft age matters, DSRS matters, um, production across the board matters a lot, really career production matters the most. Um, it's weird, but final season production has negative correlations, according to my model, which is really, really interesting, um, and it's really... Uh, the the metrics that have negative correlation for final season production are solo tackles per game, total tackles per game, tackles for loss per game, and sacks per game. Um, passes defended per game during their final season matters a lot. Um, and then production across the board for their career matters a good bit. And then in terms of athleticism, the athletic testing numbers that matter the most are... 
Um, like height matters a little bit. Weight actually has a negative correlation, as does hand size. Arm length matters a ton. You want quarterbacks who have long arms. Uh, the 40-yard dash matters a ton. The bench press doesn't matter that much. There's actually a slight negative correlation. And then the vertical leap and the broad jump matter a lot, as do the um, the 20-yard shuttle and the three-cone. Agility drills don't matter as much as, as I expected them to. Um, so when you're looking at quarterbacks, you want guys who have a really good length, who are fast, explosive, and have a little bit of agility. Um, and you want guys who were productive during uh, their career, um, and really specifically productive in terms of their of their passes defended. Uh, but um, it looks like athleticism matters more for corners than uh, production. Now we can end, uh, close out the podcast by talking about the safeties. Let me get over here and let me get another another sip of my drink here. All right. So according to my safety model, at the top, we have Jamal Adams, which makes so much sense. Uh, Jamal Adams was amazing coming out. He was a really good player, a top 10 pick uh, for a reason. He was super young when he was drafted, um, and he was very, very productive, um, and he was a freak athlete. Um, actually, no, he wasn't a freak athlete. I thought he was a freak athlete. Only had an RES of 7.1. Um, I wonder, did my model, my combine model actually liked him a lot. Um, so I think that there are some um, testing metrics uh, that matter for safeties that he did well in, but his RES score was good, but not elite. Um, but I think the fact that he was a top 10 pick is why he ranks so highly in my model. And then at number two, we have Minka Fitzpatrick, another guy who was really good coming out, uh, was a top 15 pick, 21 years old. Um, he was a good athlete, not an elite athlete, but a very good athlete. And he was uh, productive all around. Um, especially, like, his career production was really, really good. Um, really good. Um, that's why he ranked so highly. At number three, we have Kyle Hamilton, a guy who was a top 15 draft pick, 21 years old, had a great size coming out. Um, his production was, um, good, not amazing, but it was good. Um, and he was a very good athlete. Had an RES score of 9.34. He wasn't super fast, but it was very explosive um, and just overall a very good athlete. Then at number four, we have Malik Hooker, another top 15 pick. Um, and this one, here we have a few misses here um, at four through seven. There are a few misses, not, not guys who like were complete bust, but a few guys who just didn't turn out to be stars. Um, and that's starting out with uh, Malik Hooker. Um, and then we at number five, we, ha we have Calvin Pryor, who was a, um, a top 20 pick, 22 years old coming out, played for a pretty good defense. Um, not a great athlete. He had um, pretty good production all around. Um, and then with Malik Hooker, Malik Hooker was, doesn't have an RES score, but my combine model, uh, my combine model doesn't love him, sees him as an average athlete, um, and maybe that's why he didn't do a lot of testing coming out. And then at number six, we have Carl Joseph, um, and the three guys you just named, Malik Hooker, Calvin Pryor, and Carl Joseph, all had um, an approximate value of around 14 to 15 
during the first four years of their career. Um, and then at number seven, we have Keanu Neal. Um, and then at number eight, we have a really great prospect in Derwin James. Um, he worked out extremely well. He's been one of the better safeties in the league uh, to start his career. And then at number nine, we have Jamrell Peppers. At number 10, Haha Clinton Dix. Number 11, Jonathan Abram. Number 12, Terrell Edmonds. Number 13, Landon Collins. Number 14, Dion Buchanan. And number 15, Darnell Savage. There were a few misses in here, uh, but overall, I think the top of my model looks decent. Not amazing, uh, but pretty solid. Now we'll, we'll scroll to the bottom. And there are a lot of misses at the very bottom. We got uh, Talanoa, Hufanega, and Nathan Gary, Tristan DeCoud, Tristan DeCoud, sorry, I thought I misspoke, uh, Keith Reeser, Keith Taylor, Tyson Anderson, Sean Davis, Michael Carter, Richard LeCount, and Jamar Johnson. Um, if you look up, there were a few guys drafted in the fifth round that my model didn't like um, who worked out fairly well for where they were drafted. That's Trey Flowers, Ricardo Allen, and Desmond King. Um, but overall, I think the results of my safety model are solid. Not amazing, but solid. And now, um, before I end the podcast, I'll look at the model inputs to see what matters most uh, for safety prospects, according to my model. Uh, so, uh, draft capital matters a lot. Draft age matters a lot. Um, DSRS matters a ton for safety prospects. If you played for a good defense during your final season, that's good. Um... Solo tackles per game and total tackles per game during their final season has a, ne- a slight negative correlation, um, but tackles for loss per game uh, sac- and sacks per game matter a lot. Um, passes defended per game uh, for the final season has a slight negative correlation, um, and as does forced fumbles per game. And then interceptions per game um, has a slight positive correlation. And all around, like career production matters and they all have um, positive correlations. Tackles for loss per game for their career matters a lot. Um, so does sacks per game and passes to Vendem per game and interceptions per game. Forced fumbles per game um, has a slight correlation for their career. And then for athletic testing, uh, BMI matters a lot. Um, height doesn't really matter, um, and it actually has a negative correlation. So it looks like... It is possible for safety prospects to be too tall. Weight has a slight correlation. Hand size has a slight negative correlation. Arm length matters. It has a, a decent positive correlation. Uh, the 40-yard dash has a slight correlation. That matters a little bit. The bench press has a slight negative correlation. So it doesn't really matter at all. Um, the vertical leap matters a tad bit, but not too much. And the broad jump actually has a, a slight negative correlation. Uh, but agility drills seem to matter a lot for safety prospects. So when you're looking at safety prospects, you want guys um, who have a decent amount of weight, um, who have a good BMI, who ha- who are, have good length, um, who are decently fast, um, but ha- have really great agility. And you want guys um, who had good career production and who played for a really good college defense. That's what matters for safety pro- prospects according to my model. And really, that wraps it up for my model, my, the breakdown of my model. Um, I think this is a really good tool. I will be using it a lot in this draft cycle, um, and I, I'm really excited about the results. Um, I mentioned this in the first part 
of this series. Um, I do not have the combine metrics in for this year's class. I will get all the combine and pro day measurements in um, at the beginning of April. Um, and, and then I will have the official results for this year's class. And when that when that happens, I will I will do a deep dive um, on the 2023 class um, late, uh, early April. But for now, we have to wait a little bit. Uh, but I hope you all enjoyed uh, me breaking down my model. And I hope you all enjoyed the results. If you want to hit me up and talk about my model, talk about the results, um, and what you think about them, you can hit me up on social media at the Ryan McCreary. That's the R-Y-A-N-M-C-C-R-A-R-Y. That is my handle for both Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to see more content from me, you can check out my website at the at sorry at the wires at thewiresports.com. You can also check out my YouTube page at the wire, um, and you can listen to this podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, which you're probably listening to right now. Uh, but yeah, that wraps up this episode. I hope y'all enjoyed it, and I will see y'all next time. Peace. <laughs>